everyone, and welcome to the Queer and Now podcast. My name is Daisy. I use any pronouns, and yeah, welcome. This first episode is just going to be kind of a intro, what the podcast is going to be about, and a little bit about my story, my background, kind of just a little intro, get to get to know you kind of thing. Feel free to watch the video along with the podcast on YouTube, but the podcast itself will also be on Spotify and Apple Music, or Apple podcasts I think yeah so welcome so this podcast I wanted to start it because I think sharing experiences and stories is so important in the queer community I feel like we never have an understanding of anyone else's story I think there's always room to hear more and everyone has their own story everyone has their own background and I think that's really important to share to people yeah so We're going to cover topics like being queer in athletics, in rural places, in urban places, in very like liberal versus conservative communities, growing up in queer families, growing growing up in very heteronormative families, why it's important to be queer, why uh, how being queer affects your mental health, how people have come out and how people plan to come out. We're also going to be covering some pretty tough topics like racism and homophobia and experiences with that, people being outed, being sexualized or fetishized or over just because you identify a certain way, as well as things like dysphoria be like choosing to be ambiguous versus choosing a hyper specific label you know being neurodivergent and being queer you know there's a lot of a lot of topics to be covered with with queerness I think that this is going to be very important for a lot of people at least I hope that's my hope for this yeah so I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my story my background how I got to where I am now and we'll go from there (laughs) So I am 21. I just turned 21 just about a month ago, just over a month ago on the day that I'm recording this. And I identify as biromantic, asexual or asexual spectrum. And then I haven't really ever put a label in my gender, but I know I'm not cisgender. That's why I use any pronouns. That's also a very new thing. I've just started to use any pronouns. Yeah. So I first started questioning my own sexuality when I was I think a freshman in high school, I I have one very distinct memory of this, that I was sitting in my World History 1 class, or World History 2 rather. So for anyone that's not American, freshman year is, I think I was 14, 15, it's your first year of high school. Um, And I remember so distinctly sitting in my World History 2 class and just hanging out with a bunch of people who identified as girls at the time. So I'll use the group term girls. Just know that the people that were in that group don't necessarily identify as females anymore. But they, this, me and this group of girls, we were, we were sitting in the back of the classroom. This was at the end of the year. So we had already taken our state tests and exams and everything. And it was probably like the second to last week of school or maybe the last week of school. And so we were all just kind of hanging out, doing whatever. And out of nowhere, one girl goes, oh, we should go around and everyone like say what your sexuality is. Like that's like a a normal like group discussion to have. I mean, I guess it can be. But so for context, I went to a performing arts high school. So a lot of people happen to be queer. And so we all went around and I was kind of internally panicking at this point of like, I've never put a label on anything. I've never questioned anything. You know, someone who is definitely straight would never like panic in that situation. 
And so I'm sitting there and we're talking and everyone's going around the circle and they like they get to me. I'm the last person in the circle. And everyone's like, oh, I'm bi. Oh, I'm gay. Oh, I'm this, that and the other. Like, like I don't really know what I am. I, I, I don't know. I like guys, but I don't I don't know. And I was kind of expecting them to be like, oh, like you don't have a label, like just kind of like be really rude about it. But they they just kind of brushed it off and they're like, OK, moving on. Next topic. And I just I remember that whole summer after that, like going into sophomore year, my second year of high school and like chatting with friends and everything. Like I just remember so specifically like rethinking all of the relationships that I have and everything. I grew up dancing, so I was friends with girls my whole life, friends with the same girls for my whole life. And, you know, we none, as far as I was aware, none of us had ever questioned our sexuality or anything like that. That was like not a thing that we talked about as a group, you know. So I just kind of kept that under wraps. I would consider my I my discovery of my identity very quick compared to a lot of people because I came out to one of my, I don't remember who I came out to first. I really couldn't tell you, but the first person I came out to, whoever it was, was probably early sophomore year. So I only took a couple of months to really play with labels and sorry, really just like figure things out. I, I'm guilty of taking the am I gay quiz and researching all of the sexualities and all of that kind of stuff. And so once I started to like figure out my identity, become comfortable with the term bi and bisexual and all, I, you know, I had only told a couple people, but my best friend and I, we went to this like, you know, like the paint your own pottery kind of places. And I saw that they had this little like horse with wings, like a Pegasus. And I loved unicorns at the time, but they didn't have unicorns. And so I was like, oh, a Pegasus, you know, I'll just do this. So I painted the Pegasus like a light pink. I still have it on my shelf in my parents' house, but I painted this Pegasus. It was light pink. The tail was like a, like an off white with like rainbow flecks in it. But then the mane, like the hair was rainbow colored just because I thought it was cool. And I painted the wings like this off white with the rainbow flex. And then on the side, uh, like, you know how like on Care Bears and what was that show with the horses? I don't remember, but there's a show with like little horses on it, you know, My Little Pony. And so, you know how on like My Little Pony, they had like the little like imprint of that showed like, like Applejack had a little apple on like on the hip, you know? And so I, where that would be, I wrote the word pride in black. And when I brought it home that like, like a week later, because you have to wait a week for it to fire. But when I brought it home a week later, I showed it to my mom and she was like, oh, that's cute. And the first thing she asked me and she was like, are, are you like, are you gay? (laughs) And like immediately I was like, oh my God, like she knows (laughs) I've come out to like three people and she knows. And I didn't know, like, kind of what my mom thought on the whole thing. I was, like, really nervous that she was going to be like, yeah, you're kicked out. But I, I just told her, I was like, like, no, I'm just, I'm just a really big ally. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I'm just an ally. <laughs> and so... I didn't tell her for a while. My older, not my oldest cousin, but I think 
maybe I think he's my third oldest cousin. I don't know. One of my cousins, anyways. He's gay. He's had a couple boyfriends that he's brought home to the family. Like it's it, everyone knows that he's gay. Like I was told that he was gay when I was very like when I was young. I was probably if he sees this, he can fact check me. Feel free. But I because I don't remember. But I think I was probably like 11 or so, maybe 10 or 11 when I found out that he was gay. When he came out to my, or when I guess word had spread, I don't know if he came out specifically to my parents or what, but I was around that age when I found out. So I kind of knew in the back of my head that like my parents were like at least a little bit accepting of it. And so I wasn't like scared necessarily of like getting kicked out and then like them not loving me anymore. But it was more of just like a, I think everyone that comes out feels this fear of like that person that you're coming out to because it's a very vulnerable thing coming out to them and like them just immediately shutting you down or, you know, saying that it's wrong or like all of, you know, all the negative things that you could possibly think of. And so the way I came out to my mom, I came out to her over the summer, I think, and I came out to her through a card. <laughs> Some people have come out over the phone. Some people have come out using like birthday cakes. I've seen like so many different ways of doing that. And I was researching. I was like, how do I come out to my mom without directly saying it? And so I made this little card. I, I've always liked making handmade gifts for people. I've always just been a big fan of that. And so I made this this little card. I took a regular piece of like printer paper, folded it in half. And on the top of it, I colored it in the bisexual flag colors, these these colors if you're unaware so the pink blue and purple or pink purple and blue rather <laughs> and I colored the front of it in the flag so it looked like the flag and then I think I'll have to ask my mom if she still has it I'm sure she does but I had I think I had written in like a cursive like script bisexual or something on the front and inside the card I wrote this little note to my parents it said like dear mom and dad and it said something along the lines of this is how I identify I still like guys but I also like girls and me being I think I came out when I was like 14 15 maybe 16 I don't remember but I wrote in there something along the lines of I would consider myself biromantic just because I don't really have sexual feelings for those people like as far as I'm concerned spoiler alert <laughs> but I I wrote that to my mom and I left it on the counter and it was just this little note that said, this is who I am. I'm still the same person, but I just, this is who I like. This is kind of my attraction to other people. And I left it downstairs. I did this at like 11 or 12 a.m., you know, 11 p.m., 12 a.m., really late at night. And I left it on the counter. And so when I came downstairs for breakfast the next morning, I want to say that I had a dance rehearsal or something like that because I came down in the morning, which I never do. So I came downstairs and I, my mom came over to me and she, she said, like, how'd you sleep? Like just the normal mom conversation. And then she brought up the card that I left and she said, I read your card. And immediately, like, my heart starts beating a little bit faster. I start panicking of, like, what is she going to say to me? I'm terrified. And she said, I I read your card. I just want to hear from you specifically, like, what, what, what that label means to you, what your identity is. I just, I want to hear it personally. And... So I sat down with her at the kitchen table and I explained to her kind of my identity and what it means to me. And she said, you said the term biromantic. What does that mean? And I said, I 
just have never felt sexual feelings for anyone. I'm 16 or however old I was. And so, you know, feeling sexual feelings is never something that I've experienced. So personally, I would use the word biromantic, but I just say bisexual still now just because it's easier. But I basically told my mom that, you know, I'm still the same person. And I basically told my mom that like, you know, I'm still the same person. I'm still like her, her little her youngest, her favorite child, her favorite child. <laughs> My sister is listening to this. Sorry. But, you know, it's just just being very sincere and trying to make her understand that I'm still the same person and I haven't changed at all. It's just I'm exposing her to a different part of my personality and a different part of me. And so she she gave me a hug and she said, I still love you. You know, I still accept you. I'm not going to be negative about it and that was that we just kind of nothing really happened and for a while still now she's getting better about it but for a while still now like she she says like oh when are you gonna get a boyfriend or you know talks about boys specifically and doesn't ever really like use the term partner or girlfriend or anything like that but it's not something I hold against her it just it's natural you know you you kind of expect people to be straight unfortunately we live in a very heteronormative society but whatever that's not what we're talking. And so over the next couple of years, high school, going into college, you know, nothing really happened with my sexuality, with my gender, anything like that. I just kind of lived my life, you know, finding girls and guys attractive. And that was that, like whatever. When I went to college, you know, a lot, a big part of college, especially when you're a freshman is, you know, hookup culture, like, you know, finding a boyfriend, that whole thing. And you know, a lot of people expect you to go out with people every single night or like go party or whatever. The college that I used to go to was a very small university. I was very focused on my studies. I was set to graduate in three years instead of four. I was in like a very advanced program. So really had no literally no time for anything else. Like even if I wanted to date somebody, even if I had a crush on somebody, like I, I really didn't have time for it. And I hate saying that, but it's true. So... As kind of the years went on, I, I had crushes on people, but I never really acted on them except for one person. But we don't talk about that <laughs> long story that maybe I'll tell that story another time. But it was just a regular crush until about a year ago. So it's 2022 right now. So about 2020, I want to say 2020 to 2021. I, COVID hit, you know, the whole shutdown. And so I started watching Twitch streams and got back into to Minecraft YouTube and that whole thing. And there were a lot of streamers that I watched that were openly queer and that openly identified as a lot of different things. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like this representation is really cool. And I can't pinpoint exactly when I started feeling this way, but I definitely remember probably about a year, a year and a half ago, I started to realize that, you know, I don't feel sexual attraction to people I don't I don't feel that way you know all my friends are talking and my sister included like talking about like the oh the guy that they just hooked up with or the girl they just hooked up with or talking about oh my boyfriend's coming to visit and we're long distance so you know my roommate's staying out of the room this weekend you know being like very like very clearly like having sexual relationships and you know while I was like oh I'm so happy for you that's so exciting or supporting them in any way it was never something that I desired or something that I ever wanted and so I was like you know maybe that's just whatever maybe I'm broken like maybe I'm 
maybe I literally don't feel sexual attraction because something's wrong with my brain. And I think a lot of asexual or aspec or aromantic aerospec people feel that way of like your brain is broken or something inside of you is wrong. And so I really struggled with that for a very long time of, oh my God, like, something's something's broken within me or you know my brain isn't working the right way but I never brought it up in therapy I never brought it up with my psychiatrist or anything like that because I was like it's it's a problem for later and then I found I think the first openly asexual creator that I ever watched was Shubble or like Shelby and I remember watching the interview she did with Anthony Padilla which was I think about a year ago or so and her and a couple other people did this interview with Anthony Padilla about being asexual. So he did like, I spent a day with asexual people. And I remember watching that video and just kind of like, you can, you can do that. Like you can just identify as something else or you can identify as like never feeling that attraction. Like that's crazy. And it was when I watched that interview, like it was very comforting, I guess, which is never a term that I thought I would use for someone talking about their sexuality and you know I love hearing people talk about their sexuality stories and their gender stories and their journeys and everything but I never thought that it would feel comforting because I related to it and at the time I didn't realize that it was because I related to it but I was I remember watching that interview with Anthony and Shelby and watching it and like you know the things that she's describing are things that I really that I understand and that I've experienced and that I understand and I get it and maybe that's me. And so I started like looking up definitions for things and all that kind of stuff. And I remember one day just kind of like maybe say, maybe saying it out loud will help. And so I said out loud, I am asexual and I almost cried. Like it just felt so like warm and fuzzy inside, I guess. And for a while I was like, well, you know, cause I have Kind of that thought in the back of my head that, you know, my parents had told me and that my my friends had told me and my grandparents and even like my pastor at church, like, oh, you just haven't met the right person, you know? And so for a while, I exclusively identified as demisexual, which is on the asexual spectrum. It just means that you only feel sexual attraction for people that you're that you're emotionally involved with. So like I couldn't do a hookup if I identified as demisexual. I couldn't do like a random one night stand hookup kind of thing. It would be a situation where I have to have very, a very deep emotional connection with this person. And like, it would have to be like a friend or even my best friend for some people, like it has to be that. And then, you know, I thought for a while after I kind of got over that, I was like, well, maybe it's just because you know, when I grew up in the church and it's just like, I'm still stuck in the whole like waiting till marriage thing, which I know now isn't the case. It's just how I am. But for a while, I was like, that's what, that's what it is. Like, I'm so stuck in this mindset of like, I have to wait until I marry someone to have sexual feelings towards them. When that is not the case, most of the time in, with people in that kind of situation, they're probably having those sexual feelings. They're just not acting on them. And meanwhile, I wasn't having any of those kind of feelings about people, but I was still convinced, you know. And so I just, I kind of left it for a while. I didn't want to focus on it. I didn't want to think about it. I was like, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. It's not important right now. <laughs> and so I want to say it was just a couple months ago when I finally really started to get comfortable with 
just saying that I was ace. Mainly, I started saying it mainly because it was easier because it was easier just to explain to people. But then, you know, as I started to say it more, it started to feel more comfortable for me. So I still have the demisexual flag hanging up in my room because I don't want to buy another flag. But for a while, I was like very convinced that it was my sexuality. But, you know, so so for some people, they have a specific label for like me. I have a specific label for my romantic attraction and my sexual attraction. Some people have one kind of overarching label. Some people have no labels. You know, labels are very up to the specific person. So, you know, my, my gender is like a whole nother story. It's still being written. It's still being processed. I don't really, like I said in the beginning, I don't really have a, a label for it. I feel most comfortable right now with the label gender queer, but that's just me. That's just right now too. I could wake up tomorrow and say that label doesn't fit me anymore and find something else. But that's just kind of where I am right now. I really want to emphasize that sexuality, romantic identity, gender, all of this kind of stuff is always changing because we as people are always changing. You know, you meet another person, you meet, you maybe, maybe you meet the love of your life and you've identified your whole life is straight, but you meet your soulmate. If you believe in soulmates, you meet your soulmate and say you identify as a woman, as a cis woman, and you meet your soulmate and you know they're your soulmate, but it's another woman. Like you can wake up and just decide that something is different. I'm not saying that sexuality is a choice. Let me clarify because sexuality is not a choice. Gender is not a choice. It's a deep rooted, like psychological thing, but it's just very important to keep an open mind when it comes to that kind of thing. You know, I am never, at least I try not to be super set in my identity in any way because it's always changing I could wake up tomorrow and say I am not an introvert anymore (laughs) which isn't gonna happen but theoretically you know I could wake up tomorrow and be like I am not a nice person anymore and just decide to be a mean person or whatever you know these are terrible examples but (laughs) just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about I try to be as open as possible and as understanding as possible with my sexuality and with my identity because I know that everyone has their own kind of journey and everyone is in a different part in their own journey. And so I like to field people's questions. I think it's important to to always be mindful and understanding of what's to come and also how other people identify And I like hearing other people's stories. That's why on this podcast, I'm going to have so many, so many guests, mainly my friends probably to start, but I would love to have people that I've never met before, people that maybe other people know and look up to, but just, I want to hear as many people's stories as possible. And I want to hear people's opinions on things and just be able to provide a space where people can talk freely about their sexuality, their identity, their gender, however they identify and have a space for them to be able to talk about that kind of thing freely without any kind of worry that someone's going to discriminate against them or maybe say something that they don't like. I just want this to be an open space where people can hear other people's journeys and stories and maybe find 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 something new about themselves 
you know, maybe listening to my story is going to help someone realize that, oh, I am asexual or, oh, maybe I'm not cisgender or whatever. I think I think that sexuality is a very tough concept to talk about or (laughs) let me rephrase that. Sexuality has become a tough topic to talk about, but and it's become and it's always kind of always been very taboo and very kind of hush hush, but it really shouldn't be. It's it's part of everyday life and it's not something that is gross or weird or should be looked down upon. It's just kind of part of life. You're not going to you're not going to say that two cisgender people living their life as a married couple, like a man and a woman are weird or gross, but a lot of people will say that about a man and a man or a woman and a woman or a a non-binary person and another non-binary person or whatever kind of combination you want to put together just because it's not the norm. So I think, I think breaking that stigma and that wall down is really important. And I really want to try to aim to do that more. Just it's, it's very important and it's very, it's a very important thing to emphasize. And it's something that I think I want to keep pushing, especially with this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. I've also realized that I haven't talked like anything about my actual like personality, my background, anything like that. So, <clears throat> like I said, I'm 21. I am technically a fourth year in college, a senior, but I don't know when I'm graduating. I'll probably have another year, but we'll see. I am a psychology major, so that's my main course of study. And then right now I have declared a LGBT and queer studies minor. That's what it's called, but I just call it queer studies. That's my minor. So that's kind of like my secondary course of study. And then I'm looking into possibly continuing a religion minor that I had started and or doing a women's studies minor, but I'm kind of going away from that one just because it just doesn't seem like something I'd be super interested in anymore. But I am very passionate about psychology. I'm very passionate about queer, queerness, queer studies, queer history, queer futures, you know, working with queer people. I, that's, I want to go into therapy. I want to go into counseling. I think everyone should have a therapist. I think everyone should be able to spend 45 minutes every week or every couple weeks or however often you go and and just talk to someone about your what's going on in your head because it's hard you're like living life is hard enough and then not having anywhere to kind of talk about that makes it 10 times harder so I want I want to work specifically with adolescents and young adults that identify as queer or however they choose to identify, because I think that's an underserved population. And I think it's important that they have professionals, specifically mental health professionals that understand what they're going through and understand the questions that they're asking and understand and know how to answer those questions and help them through these difficult situations, because oftentimes they are seeing practitioners like myself. I love my therapist, but I see a therapist that is cisgender. She's straight. You know, she's married to a man. Like, she doesn't experience the kind of questioning that I went through and that I'm going through. And I think it's important for young adults to be able to relate to their doctors, especially mental health counseling in any fashion. Yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode. Sorry, it was just kind of me rambling for 30 minutes, but I hope you guys look forward to more topics. If you have topics that you want me to talk about, feel free to put them in the YouTube comments or tweet at me. I am at Daisy Not Quake everywhere. I'll put that somewhere on the screen. Yeah. I hope you guys look forward to more episodes because I know I do and hearing other people's stories and hearing about what it's like to be queer. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.